0: Dude. Dude, today's show was awesome. Uh, did not go in the direction I thought it would go. No, nope. but I tell you, I, I as a constant learner and trying to be open-minded, man, I I absolutely loved Jeff Evans and just the lessons that he he taught us today.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, climbing mountains, leading blind blind men up mountains, uh, serving veterans, taking you know veterans on expeditions and retreats. Uh, you know. We're talking about servant leadership, the Sherpa attitude, uh, the expeditionary mindset, lessons learned in how to raise kids in an environment, this VUCA world that we're living in. You don't know what VUCA is? Stand by, you'll learn about it. This show is awesome. Go listen. You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. We want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why, while helping you find yours together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. All right. So uh, before we hit record here, we were talking about men crying and, you know, kids leaving the house and, uh, <laughs> you know... Eating mushrooms uh, in our bars and growing those, like we we could go in so many different directions today. Yeah. This this could be a fun conversation, Jeff. I'm excited to have this conversation, man. Thanks for showing up today and being a part of filling the storehouse podcast.
2: Yeah, so yeah, thank y'all for having me. That's it's funny. I I um I think it's worth saying, like how we how we stepped into it. Yeah. Um. You know, both David and Stu are like, yeah, hey, let's let's uh, we can talk about leadership. We can talk about teamwork and all those topics are great and i love them all but let me just tell you how my morning's been so far Let's which has been full of you know then that's how that's how we got to crying and mushrooms and kids leaving and stuff so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so that was a good good segue i um yeah I, I grow my own mushrooms just small uh little amounts and i um grow them from spores and uh and i um i love the process and then you know when i'm when they're all finished months later just this morning that's why it's so fresh in my mind i I ground them down and then i mix them with caramels and i cut them into little bitty pieces and and i give them to my friends many of which are are ex-mill guys and gals um because i think that a lot of people uh are familiar with the data now the anecdotal data and real data that shows that you know psilocybin on its own is such a great instrument and tool for for everyone um but specifically with folks that have experienced some mental health issues, which I think all of us probably have some tinge of it, if not some profound nature of sure. certain uh, processes and 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 life experiences will i think lead to that uh quite a bit and, and for a lot of cases and and so I think that uh, what I've discovered, at least anecdotally, is that, um, you know, little microdoses or even in some cases doing a true guided professional um, sitter um, high dose uh, uh, experiences can really sort of reset folks and give them uh, a hard stop and then the opportunity to sort of build fresh. And I'm a big advocate of it. And that's what really the impetus for me um, in in growing my own, just so I could give them to some of my friends who I felt like really uh, could benefit from it. Um, so, yeah, that that's how my morning's been going. That's super interesting, man. Yeah. I, I'll tell you,
0: it's it's a world, uh, at least for me, I don't want to speak for Stu, that that I am completely ignorant to uh, because of... Same. You know we we've been in the military for twenty years and and that's just not a that's just not a part of 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 the thing but i'll tell you my my interest has been piqued in the um the pain the the pain relieving features of when they talk about you know t h c or can or whatever c d b all the stuff like i don't even understand it fully but you know being a military guy of twenty years you know, we're looking at 11 plus orthopedic surgeries, a lot of pain, chronic pain every day. You know, student and I are talking, I just put a screen in this office because I'm like, man, my neck and there's popping and there's issues. And, and and I have actually been very interested recently just in the just in trying to understand more fully options because, man, pain is a it is not a fun thing just to continuously have every single day. Like it has you talk about mental you know, mental, uh, um, uh, mental health, there is a very true mental health. Um, it, it's, it's, I think, detrimental to mental health to be in pain constantly. So I, I've no, actually no. been very curious about, you know, just the options that are out there, because, you know, the the standard military issues, is 800 milligram mm-hmm. Motrin, and, and maybe some, some yep. pain pills, and, and that's just not we've seen yeah. where that goes.
2: Well, yeah, and, and this is a, exactly the conversation I was having with uh, one of my very, very close buddy who was a Dev Group guy um, back in the day. Oz Mark Ozdarsky is his name, and uh, he was—he—he he always says he's the—he's the—the—the the Brett Favre of, of, of Team Six because was like he retired, and they're like, "Oh, come back!" And, oh, and they, so <laughs> so he's—he continuously just goes back and does these like one-off missions and now he's he's in the private sector but i had this conversation exactly like this with him david where he was like listen i i don't know about this stuff um because it hasn't just been a part of my universe for 20 plus years um but but i'm curious because he's just like you were saying has heard that there is strong strong data-driven evidence and anecdotal evidence of individuals who have basically for let's just continue to use you know your experiences have have had their asses kicked physically and emotionally um for a couple decades and and you're you're like enriched plutonium and you know you've come out and now let's pull the fuse out and then you know good luck you know yeah you're good right so how do you, how do you, Yeah, the, manage- the VA
0: will take care of you. Just, just as a side yeah. note for our yeah, listeners right. out there, uh, Stu and I have been retired for since May. It is now September 27th and uh, neither one of us has even received our rating back. So I just want to put that into context.
2: Yeah. I mean, so you got to tech- need to take things into your own hands, right. To a, to a, to a large degree really for your own physical and mental health. And David, you made a really good point about the physical manifestations of pain, then um, absolutely being a catalyst, if not the fertile ground for which mental health can then become greatly impacted. And these are all just that's just the algorithm that takes place, right? And you guys are prime examples of that. And I know a a lot of guys personally in the same in the same boat. And, And that's one of the reasons that led me to sort of do my own research and figure out you know, what, it, what, it? what, what, what is it can, that can, that at least be a catalyst for change? Um Because what I was seeing with, so let, let me back up a little bit, the blind guy that I've been guiding for years, his name's Eric Weinmayer. Um I've been guiding him for, you know, we're going on, you know, 20, over 25 years now and we climbed Everest together and we've done a bunch of Big, big, you know, expeditions and races, and all the seven summits, the highest point of the seven continents, and done a bunch of stuff together. And and um, it, when we were just fixing to celebrate our ten-year uh, anniversary of summiting Everest, we knew that we wanted to do something that was, um, in a way, to celebrate, but also something that was bigger than us. And neither one of us serve, but both of us have a strong affinity for the community. Um, And and I say the community, because I think that's an important part of how I I like to think of it. It it is a community. And both of us um, are very well connected to a certain extent to, uh, you know, active duty and and recently retired. Uh, And we we decide we we landed on that. Like, let's. Let's do something where we can basically say thank you and also share this uh, meaningful place of the big mountains of the world and what we've learned there and how there's such transferable lessons there. So for instance, you know, you're in the big mountains, you've got to train up, you've got to prepare, you've got to establish what the mission looks like. You have to establish parameters, success, failure, um you know when when to say we're squared away we're good we've done what we came to do um you know what 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 it feels like to be on a rope team and be a part of something that's bigger than you where you have to pay attention to the tension of the rope you can't just plug in and just be like i'm sweet i'm i'm squared away like you have to You have to look forward, you have to look back and make sure like the tension of the road, there's just all these great metaphors that are baked into mountaineering. It's scary as hell, it's intense, it's overwhelming. But in the end, when the mission is achieved, hopefully, maybe, maybe the mission is achieved, there's this amazing sense that comes from an individual and group perspective that, that I don't feel like you can replicate many different ways. So we started a program called originally called Soldiers to Summits. And then um and then we realized we wanted to be more a little bit more inclusive. So we called it uh um No Barriers Warriors. Um so it wasn't I was gonna just say soldiers. man, soldiers is very know, cuts out all
0: cuts out all the cuts out all the good services.
2: Uh, that's we heard this. <laughs> we 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 heard this, and this is this was our this was our issue. So we're like, yeah, let's call it let's forget the soldiers part. So yeah so it's no barriers warriors and um so we have taken um veterans um from all walks of life um and all branches and all levels of service with different different physical emotional uh traumas that uh that that they've experienced that have impacted them significantly and and uh taking them on big mountain climbs um around the world um, but also then doing a lot of domestic trips. Um, and then even like, you know, floating the Grand Canyon and stuff. But the whole point is creating camaraderie, uh, creating a, a mission oriented experience, creating a, a train up experience, creating adversity and how we manage it and, and all these different components. So it continues today. And that's a re- as a result, I've become very, very close with, with, uh, with a lot of guys and gals over the years uh Aaron Hale included which is how we all the three of us got got connected. Yeah, well is, and uh, you
1: you took him like up a mountain right like so our, our buddy Aaron he's he's blind and um you know you so you are taking blind service members veterans uh up these like huge mountains you're going to take him up Kilimanjaro and something changed but you know you're taking guys up Everest like it's yeah. pretty rad dude. Well, well so for Aaron's context
0: is, Aaron yeah. is was not born blind he was a service member eod uh was blown up lost his high eyesight uh hearing so this was not like a um you know this was not something he was accustomed to or grew up you know with, with as as a as a blind man this was something that was traumatic immediate and life changing so which is I love that dude huge. that
2: dude is so amazing because yeah he got blown up lost his vision okay that's pretty bad you're like yep. fuck, man. Like, uh, you know, he could have just tapped out right there. No, happiest, solid dude. Wants to climb Kilimanjaro. I get connected with him. We go do a training trip. We go. Uh, we go. What did we do? We did. I think we did some fourteeners. We did one. We had three fourteeners in a day or something. Like really, just charged pretty hard. And then he got he he uh, got uh, exposed to some um, some microbial. It wasn't E. coli, but it was a staph sort of infection that went into his ear canals and caused him to basically go deaf. Yep. Still, that son of a bitch was like, what's up? And like ready to party and have fun <laughs> yeah. and charge into life. And so he created um this confectionery. He's an amazing cook. Fudge, and man. Fudge. Fudge and confectionaries. Delicious. Like the dude, and and I tell him, I was like, I need to see more content from you because he is so compelling. He's such a beautiful, wonderful human being who chose not to lay down after getting his ass kicked. Oh, and then he got his ass kicked again. And he's like, still, I'm going to stand up and charge. I just, I have so much respect for that man. Um, Incredible, incredible human being. So I think the, the, the part, the reason I started telling that story is, because I I have guys like Oz in my life uh who is like same thing that you said you know I don't know how these things work tell me what is it like let's ex- let's hear about it and so I've made it a little bit of my mission to you know to to seek out how to how to grow these things I've been turning people on to a book that I think is a bit of a game changer for a lot of people um it's written by a guy named Michael Pollan P O L L A N and the book is called How to Change Your Mind. And uh, that Netflix made a series about it. It just came out. Don't watch the Netflix series. It's good, but it's a little diluted. Read the book. The book is fantastic. How to Change Your Mind. And it talks about basically microdosing um, and a lot of the nuances that come from uh, and the biochemistry that comes from these um, psychoactive medicines that can really put a hard stop on this hamster wheel of bullshit that, that sort of happens to so many of us. And you stop it. And then you, you basically it's a circuit that just goes um, inside us. And the, let's stop it. And then let's go from there and sort of you know reclaim the, this, this newer path and then as a result, you know, a lot of your, your, your biochemistry gets altered and changed in a positive way. And there's this residual effect that takes place. So you guys caught me on a morning when I was just doing all this. So of course my mind is like spinning with this. I'm like, Oh, Hey guys, by the way.
1: <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome, man.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, and, and also,
0: I, you know, I don't want to lose the fact that, I mean, you come from a medical background as well, right? This isn't uh, yeah, you're not like yeah uh,
2: which, which yeah so the pa the physician assistant role started in the navy uh actually and um this was what 40 45 50 years ago a lot of the corpsmen were like you know trying to figure out they, they were the most highly trained medical professionals period like they were just the most badass they could they could drop tubes and they could you know set fractures and then deal with penetrating blast trauma and so then there's whole this physician assistant sort of uh, profession sort of blossom from 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 your branch. And um and yeah, so I've been a PA for twenty, twenty-one years. Uh and 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 so the medical, you're right, the medical component uh and the data-driven science behind it is also very, you know, compelling and interesting to me.
1: Hey man, that's good. So uh, and we, we talk about growing mushrooms. We talk about kind of just all this therapeutic stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, like I, I've really found ther- therapy through gardening myself. Like I've never had a garden and just, and being here in Colorado, you kind of have it like half the year. I love, I've been loving gardening like take my kids out and, you know, watering it and, and, and getting the fresh, um, fresh, you know, vegetables and fruits and, um, and David and I, We've uh, started this mastermind group uh, just of men and we went on uh, a retreat recently and we went on a really cool hike and we went and did a 14er and there's something about like being out in nature, uh, climbing mountains, doing hard things. It's just like, it's just so like heart fulfilling, you know, and, and I'm curious, like kind of from your experience, how that's impacted uh, the people that that you're bringing on these, on these climbs, these summits, these retreats. And and what's it all for? You know, like why do all these hard things and being outdoors and being in the mountains? Yeah,
2: well, a couple things. Number one, I I um I I live up in Evergreen, right? So I'm surrounded by trees and woods. Yeah, I live it's in amazing. Three hundred feet, and it, you know, there's elk out in the back. The rut's going on. It's super exciting right now. There's lots of things happening. Since I was itty bitty, growing up in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina and Virginia, I have always felt a connection to the greater spirit, whether it's God or whatever it is, when I'm in the woods. And I think a lot of people can relate with that. It's the place that I feel the most comfortable. It's the place where I'm the most grounded. If everything's going sideways, day to day, whatever it may be, all I got to do is step out in some trees and some rocks. I'm like, oh, I'm good, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy here. This is church. So there's that. There's that component. I think that, you know, most of us, I think, uh well, anybody that I that I would hang out yeah. with would be like you know I feel like this is my place is yeah. in the woods with trees and rocks and big mountains and so there's there's that fertile environment of being there but then you know then you start upping it into rock climbing and mountain climbing and doing things that are hard. I think that uh, that what that does is it requires every individual to go into a place of discomfort and i think that we've gotten quite soft i think there's a lot of soft you know it's just like we've lost our edge to a certain degree as human beings globally like we yeah. just we just gotten so pulled away from adversity and so our adversity is when our you know computer freezes up as opposed to when a fucking saber-toothed tiger is chasing us, right? So <laughs> it's like, and I think that right. we, we crave that. We crave adversity. And there's this concept called um, hormesis, um, which I think is a really interesting thing. Hormesis is is micro uh, adversities. It, it's as simple as, um, I, uh, you know, finishing your shower really cold or doing just cold immersion, Right like yeah not everyone like i did yesterday but i, I and i felt like but I, I i didn't you know usually i'll finish my shower like i'll turn it down freezing cold and just be like Ugh! that's hormesis right or right. you know climbing mountains i was just in bolivia about a month ago guiding clients on three 17, foot peaks and over the course of three weeks and every one of my clients reported after our big summit day like that was the hardest day of their lives and that they were just beaming they were so filled like that was the hardest day of my life earlier today and they just couldn't stop smiling like think about that i just experienced the hardest physical day that i've ever had and all i can do is smile right that that says something to me that's hormesis that's suffering and so i think we as human beings, most of us, I crave it. Like I like to be uncomfortable. I like discomfort. um And knowing that, typically, it may be extended, it may be weeks, but it's going to end. Like you say in the emergency rooms, like all bleeding stops, all summit nights eventually end too, right? All the missions that y'all did, they they will all end at some point. If you know what I mean, they're going to end, right? <laughs> you know, all bleeding stops, right? It's like, it's just knowing that the, the night will dawn and the sun will come up again. And, but knowing that in that hard window of time, you know, from four to 6 a.m. when it's cold and it's dark and you're scared and it's intense. Those are the best moments, man, right? Those are the best moments. You forget it when you're in there. You're so preoccupied with just like being in the pain cave or just it's su- su- no, it doesn't suck. It's great. It's awesome. It's uncomfortable, but it's great because then the sun comes up and then, you know, you finish your mission, whatever it is, you summit, you get back down and then you drink a beer and take a shower. And, you know, it's then that it becomes this, beautiful experience that that you you didn't have before. And I value those experiences. And I think that when I go with people out in the mountains that that they value that too. And I continue to see that regularly.
0: Dude, I I love that man. It's funny because we've been spending I would say Stu and I've been spending a lot more time outside, especially since I've come back to Colorado than I have. And, you know, I've always been outdoors. guy. We've always, we're always outside my family, but, but we're spending time in the mountains and it's become, you know, what, what I assume a, an addiction to a drug would feel like, like, as you're talking, I'm starting to Jones a little bit, like I'm itching. I'm like, man, I need to get, I need to get out in the mountains. I I just want to be there. And, and something you said really struck me. And and I, and I find it, I just find it very intriguing, and I think this idea of manhood, and this is something we address a lot in our in our master. It's the mission of our mastermind is is to help men to become men again, and and I think we've lost the definition not only of adversity and what it feels like to do hard things, and you know your computer froze. I'm going to freak out and throw a brick through it, like dude, it, it's not a saber toothed tiger, right? Like you said, but but the other side of it is is you recapture this. I feel like you recapture this, this fellowship and, and men are not meant to be these, these uh, purely independent, solitary beings that don't have connection. We're not meant to be. uh, And we talked about this before you hit record, but we're not meant to be tearless, emotionless beings. Like that's not what it means to be a man, to be a man is someone who is secure with and, 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 and addresses those things and can actually share in tears and and amongst brothers and be able to, to have deep connections and relationship and love, you know, heaven forbid love amongst, amongst a bunch of dudes. And, And it's, it's just this interesting twist that I feel like we need to, you know, we, we're trying to address it one dude at a time, but to get out of this lie of this culture of, of solitude and emotionless and, and manhood, right. And, and to get out and getting outside is, is just a beautiful way to like force yep. all of that. It force yep. all that. it. And, and I'll encourage you, Stu and I, uh, with this group on the retreat, we did a mountain climb and then at the top, we jumped into a, a mountain lake. So you can get both of your, you can get both of your hits, uh, on <laughs> <Yeah>. one adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I hope everybody that listens to your, to your podcast has read, uh, the book tried um, right, I'm, I'm sure y'all have even brought it up, or maybe Sebastian
1: Junger. Uh, yeah, Junger. Yeah,
2: his book Tribe is—it's is, a short read. It's just a—you know—you read it on two shitter sessions, basically, and it's—it's yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. But it talks about how we, as a species, we need that. We need camaraderie. We're not supposed to be separated. and We're supposed to—to to feel um, connected with—with with other people in—in in, in whatever capacity it, it may be um and i uh you know you guys have young kids my boy is 17 he just turned 17 and you know i'm sure we all remember that period you know like of being a 17 year old young man trying to find your place and and uh become a man um or or or, uh you know a young a young girl like moving into adolescence and becoming a woman and it, it uh it's a it's a slippery slope and it's hard to do and i'm I feel fortunate that, you know, I grew up without a phone and out of without all that stuff. And it's even harder now for, for kids like him. And, you know, he's a, he's a lacrosse player and he's going to play in college. He's getting recruited right now. And, and so it's really exciting period for him. And he was supposed to go to his number one school um, Friday to tr- basically try out a prospect camp on Saturday in Tampa at Tampa university. They won the division two national championship this past year. Nice. And they're, they're a, bunch of ballers and this was his chance saturday well i don't know when your episode is going to come out but turns out there's a big ass hurricane barely straight into tampa uh this weekend and so the whole thing got canceled. and he's devastated he's like you know the world's conspiring against me basically and i'm like no man no that's not true that's not it you know and trying to recalibrate a little bit like no you know if there's there's other there's other things you got to think of. There's other variables, and they will see you play, and they will. There's other okay. Well, there's this. There's this. He's going to all these tournaments, and they're going to see you here. They're going to see you there. And and oh, by the way, you just got your wisdom teeth taken out four days ago, and you've lost ten pounds, and you look skinny as shit. And You need to walk in there looking like whoa, you know, like grow your beard out a little bit, dude, and look like a tough dude instead <laughs> of shaving it and like ten pounds lighter. I'm like, this is a blessing. Don't worry about it. So anyway, all these. All these little things that happen day to day, uh, you know, remind me of, of our need to, you know, this whole glass half full thing is really, is kind of what we're talking about right now. Like, wait, does, I don't know. It can be kind of bullshit. Um, because, you know, the glass glass is not always half full. It's fucking empty sometimes and, and it can be hard to refill it. But if it's half empty, what well, you gotta do, you gotta refill it. You gotta put more in it. And, um, you get that from these great networks of people that that are together that um, can teach you and you can teach them and you learn from them and become a better human being by being around people who inspire you and uh and open up you know these doors uh, that allow you to think uh in a more powerful way
1: So David and I recently read a book. Uh, called coddling of the american mind and as we're kind of talking about this and you're 17 year old and you know we have young kids and you know we talk about like us being weak right like we're we're all like so fragile these days how do we change that like how do we how do we teach our kids to to handle adversity and to be better for it and i'm just curious like our were you taking your son on some of these trips? Were you taking him and doing like these hard things and climbing mountains and doing you know cold plunges and teaching him about like doing these hard things and and so how do we do that like how do we how yeah. do we change the culture from this like weak society and get our kids moving forward and like being yeah t- being so tougher. so this is,
2: there's there's a couple of answers here and i mean the, the first one is my kid, you know, and my kid like climbing mountains is not something you can you can, uh, push someone into, right. Um, right. you know, you, you, that's, there's consequences with that and you have to love it because there's consequences and it's hard. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course I introduced him to it. He climbed his first 14 year when he was, you know, five, I think on his own two feet. That's like so he's, cool. he's been around and he's been up in the mountains a lot. He's been doing stuff. He, you know, he's been riding dirt bikes since he was five years old too. And, all the things I love to do, but you can't push your kids. You have to let them be them, right, and figure yeah. it out. But only just continue to open them up and introduce them. But the kid's been to Ecuador and Nepal, and, you know, he's been to Mexico like 15 times. You have a little house down in Baja on a dirty little dirt road that he has grown up on, basically. But, you know, he found his way. It's lacrosse, and he likes to bang, you know. He likes to hit, and, yeah. you know, he likes – Likes the nature of contact sports. Cool, that's good. He's good at it. He's going to get college paid for as a result. But understanding, like, let him do do him. Then to your second question, that is such a complex question and answer, and it's the that coddling of America. I'm gonna I mean, I've, I've, I've made a mental note to to it's
1: read a great that. Book. Yeah,
2: yeah. So so I have I have you know sort of uh, I don't know I I guess a multi layered answer to that because because there's no easy answer to it and there's no absolute recipe like this is how we should do it. It's just, there's so many different optics for culture and life and approach towards all those things from side to side, whether it's domestically here in the States to globally, I've traveled all over the world and I see all these different cultures and the way that, men are men in different cultures. I spent some time in Mosul, Iraq, I saw those men and how they react and how they treat women, how they treat children, how they treat each other. I've been, you know, to, you know, almost 50 different countries, I see these different manifestations of what we consider manhood. And, um, you know, all of them have a toxic component to them. All of them have a positive sort of thing that you can lean on like this is good this seems good this is a something we should really you know nourish and and build um and and so there's really no standardization for how to do it because i'm a big fan like we've spoken of before i'm a big fan of feeling emotion i'm a big fan of talking a lot communicating a lot even when it feels like you're being extraordinarily vulnerable. Um and matter of fact, I applaud that. A lot of the courses that we've done with our veteran groups, um, you know, at first everybody's like, I don't want to fucking sit around and talk, you know, about so I just want to go climb it. Well, okay. And then those same burly ass big bearded tattoo dudes are like
1: there's ones like crying balling yeah yeah Yeah. always
2: always oh my god this is so good you know because oh because why because you've been bottling that shit up bro right right like because it's been sitting under there just festering and so we have to let that out and let that become a part of how we communicate and the dialogue that we use with each other so there's this component of being like what some people would call soft or being compassionate is is okay that doesn't mean that doesn't equate to soft but there are other facets of becoming so insulated from our natural surroundings to me i'll always lean on that right we just become so so comfortable um and and we we choose to not step into adversity because we don't have to and I think that, in my mind, is is probably the biggest variable that that can be controlled universally, globally, um, domestically. Here is 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 encourage men and women to step into adversity, right? And and even if it's as simple as you know going outside and you know and and sitting in the trees for an hour. And some people might find that uncomfortable, right? I made my kid, uh, when he was let's see seventeen now. When he was fourteen, my wife and I made him. We we it's like not a good parent. We 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 made him go on a little bit of a vision quest and go solo camping by himself. Oh, nice with our, with our dog when he was fourteen. We stayed at the at the trailhead and we like packed him up and sent him on his way. And it was awesome. Like, there he goes, you know, him and the dog like out into the woods, you know. Super and, cool. And let him and I recommend that. And he came back the next the next day and uh, he was like, That was very uncomfortable. You know, yeah, it was uncomfortable. You didn't have your phone. You know, you didn't have anything to lean on other than your mind. And I think that can be uncomfortable for people. And that is good to be in your own head in the woods, surrounded by the natural environment. Even if it's that, but I think stepping into discomfort um, is 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 what we're missing, and I think that that's created a, in my mind, a bit of a coddled, softer version of who we can potentially be. I get really, I and I'm not saying I've got all this shit figured out by any means. I'll find myself getting into these routines. I speak to companies all over the place. I'm, you know, I'm on the road at least once a week now. It seems um and you know I'm on an airplane i'm sitting in first class i eat my meal i go to a nice swanky hotel i sit at the bar I eat it good i drink beer i talk and then i come home like uh oh, you know and then and but then after like 2 days of that 3 days of that i'm like ah, you know cuz i feel like i'm i'm losing like this little edge that just sort of sits there but thankfully that primal side of me is like get out time you know go knuckle down and like do something that reminds me that I am I'm still like I'm I still like to be uncomfortable you know and 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 I think that that to me is I'll always I'll always look, set my hat on that as far as where we've lost a little bit of our toughness our edge so it's being compassionate being communicative but also you know getting out there and being uncomfortable um, and putting yourselves in situations intentionally of discomfort.
0: I love that, man. Yeah, well, and it, it it's, it's being—it's
1: being vulnerable, right? Like, yeah. but being vulnerable and being vulnerable to to nature and getting out and doing hard things and being vulnerable to communicating and opening yourself mm-hmm. up. And there's a lot of that that's missing these days.
2: Yeah, because the, the easy way is to not right. The Easy way is to not be vulnerable. The easy right. way is to not go outside. The easy way is to play Call of Duty and, you know, hit an Oxy and like drink a whiskey, right? Like right. that's the easy way, yeah. but, but the easy way does not make, you know, a a, a solid, well-rounded individual in my mind.
1: Mm, that's good. Sorry, David. I cut yeah, you, off. you know,
0: it, it uh, no. It, and it reminds me one of the most, you know, as I was thinking about climbing this mountain with those dudes, one of the most, uh, just impactful moments for me was one of our buddies, <clears throat> Navy SEAL, he's out there and we climb, you know, we, there's this big waterfall and we kind of able to climb the rocks and he's standing off and he's just looking at the mountains and he's like, man, I just, I'm just blessed. And this is a day the Lord has made. I'm with my buddies and, and I'm like, he was just taken it. Like you could, I could see it. And it was, it was so impactful to me. Because I there's also an element of student, I spent a lot of time doing these things, getting out and climbing. And sometimes you you enjoy the struggle, you enjoy the the hard work, but sometimes you forget to just stop and look around and be like, Man, this is pretty special. And mm-hmm. it and it forced me to be like, okay, I need to take a moment, look around and and bask in this as well. And and I think, you know, it's 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 like you said, there's this hard and there's this all this stuff and the vulnerable and the communication and the building and all this. But sometimes, too, there's that moment where you just step back and you're like, man, this air is fresh. This is a beautiful like I'm in the mountains, dude. And, and I think experiencing that, experiencing that again and again. And, and and I think the jet fuel to that, it, what you just touched on, Jeff and, and Stu, you're talking about is is the intentionality of who you're spending your time with and doing that with and surround yourself with like-minded individuals that are, that are on this same path. And I think it just, it just propels you to a different level because, you know, it's very easy also to to sit, you know, to pop an oxy, get on, on, uh, on the video game, get networking and you're on your headphones and doing that. But if you got a buddy that's like, Hey dude, like, let's go, let's go outside, but let's go do something. And it just continues to force and push and grow and, and man, so I just encourage our listeners to like, be very intentional and careful and selective at who you spend your time with, because it's going to make, it, it. it's not just these little changes. Mm-hmm. It can be hugely transformative, jet fuel, transformative. And I love that about
1: it. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Hey, so I, I would be uh, remiss to, to not have you talk about, uh, about your book um and just kind of all the other things that you're doing if you could just give us a, a a glimpse of uh you know your book uh climbing through storms
2: yeah so it's uh i I started writing it um it's it's very it's a it's a very dock connector for this for this conversation when i um so i'm a you know i'm a pa and i do a lot of disaster medicine stuff i work with the world health organization i go on these disaster medicine deployments to you know, to Haiti and to, uh, after the earthquake at Nepal after the earthquake in 15. And then, and then I went on a mission, um, with the who, uh, where I was the, uh, the lead for a team of eight trauma specialists, where we went and, and embedded with the Iraqi special operations forces in Mosul as they were taking the fight to, to ISIS. And our allied guys were about 15 kilometers back but we were forward with them as they were moving forward to accept their casualties. And, um, and, uh, you know, I always say, you know, I was only there for a month and my experience is pale in comparison with many of your listeners and, and a lot of folks who, uh, have been over in places, um, that are very volatile and, and, uh, and uncertain. And, but it, it was a, I mean, for me being a civilian, it was definitely a, a very heady experience. Um, ISIS found out we were there. They came after us. They started like gritting us out with RPGs, and it, it, uh, and we had to evac- evacuate. But, but, but more than anything, during the month that we were there, it was every day, all day, sustained penetrating and blast trauma. I mean, unbelievable every day. Those dudes were just getting just like greater every day. Um, 'cause they just the isoft guys were trained up they 'd been trained up by our by by you by our guys, right, but the federal police guys, the fed poll that was like sitting alongside them, those guys were not trained, and so they were just getting put through the ringer and just getting blown i mean blown up, and our resources were fairly limited, so i 'm trying to innovate ketamine as opposed to rapid sequence stuff, and I just didn 't have all the resources I needed and it was a was a very challenging go. I got back from that. I leaned on my buddy Oz that I was telling you about. He turned me on to uh, uh, an acronym called VUCA, B-U-C-A, and it stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And it's an old military term that was used back in the uh, mid 80s for where the American War College used it to prepare their soon to be graduates for this junk show that they were going to go operate in how to be better when things are not so going so well. Um, and so I took the dive like I always do. And I'm like, oh, this it's really cool. And so I kind of reappropriated it a little bit. And then I'm uh, realizing that we're all in these buca environments every day. And so I wrote a book based on my um, based on a lot of these junk shows that I've been in over the years, um, whether it's gotten a blind dude on Everest or, or, uh, you know, during search and rescue in a helicopter um, on Everest with a group of helicopter pilots and some Sherpa uh, dudes on the ground um, or being in Iraq. And so I started writing this book and I was just, I was really into it from an academic perspective. It's not too dense. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty quick read, but, um but i had nine chapters written and in january of 2020 i had nine chapters written and they were they were good i liked them i'm like i can't nine nine doesn't work with me so um <laughs> then march of 2020 hit i'm like oh oh there's chapter 10 right there, there you goes Fucking shit show that we're all like <laughs> stepping into. And so like the very beginning of the pandemic, I'm like, oh, there's chapter ten. And I wrote it all out. And so that book is a lot of my stories, but it's through the lens of you know trying to be a better version of ourselves when things are just a little bit topsy turvy or just not how we plan them, really. Essentially, is 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 how that's how it plays out.
1: It's good, dude. Last thing I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, you talk about, um, the, the Sherpa attitude and and being the guide and this, you know, this, the servant leadership mentality. Um, how, how do we, how do we become better at that? How do we take this, you know, the Sherpa attitude that you talk about?
2: Right. So let me just, uh, I guess, give a cross section of who the Sherpa are, right? Um, so I've done 14 Himalayan expeditions over the years, and all of them have been with Sherpas. And for those of you who, you know, everybody's heard of the Sherpa before, um, but if you haven't seen, uh, my buddy Nims uh, has a documentary on Netflix called 14 Peaks, and he was a he was a retired SBS um, Special Forces guy in the British in the UK Special. was made it's amazing if you haven't seen it um that he became a, a good friend of mine he's a he's not actually technically sherpa he grew up in the lowlands of nepal but his community is the sherpa community and i've become very close with these guys over the years and they even unintentionally have taught me so much about so much of what we're talking about this morning which is You know, being compassionate, working hard, being selfless, being committed, being trustworthy, being communicative. And none of these things, when you feel like it, not when you feel like it all the time, it isn't an on off switch. Yeah, it's a dial. You might be able to like turn it up. Maybe sometimes it comes down a little bit, but it's on and it's who you are. It becomes your, you know, your persona. It's it's how you operate day to day. Um, and so they've taught me so much about that, um, the nature of the Sher- And I just, so I now refer to it as the Sherpa attitude and I teach it to people when I do all my corporate talks, you know, and really encourage people to just look left and look right and, and really reflect on how you can make other people better because anecdotally and, uh, and very data driven, uh, studies have shown that when people do think in a, with an optic of elevating the people around them first, that engagement increases, productivity increases, uh, uh, creativity increases, everybody just feels like they're a part of something that's bigger than them. And everybody becomes more engaged and the whole team starts to move in this, you know, as this organism um, that is just so much more effective. So. It's one of the things I teach to people. I feel very strongly about it, um, and I feel it's it's also very important to 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 see it as who you are, as opposed to just something you can be when it's convenient. And I, and this goes you know professionally and personally in every aspect of our lives. So um, the Sherpa people have taught me a lot about that, and I'm uh, I'm grateful to them for for living that way and teaching me how to do that. And then of course. Guiding my bond buddy has been a great example of that for me. You know, I've spent half of my life, you know, being the eyes for this one guy, and making sure he doesn't get dead, right, and doing everything I can to elevate his experience and keep him safe. And as a result, all these great things that I've experienced just being his eyes and 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 sort of embracing that that sherpa attitude um, throughout life, and then of course being a parent is the ultimate version of being a Sherpa, right? You're just doing all the heavy lifting for something that's not you. Right. And that's, that's what, it, that's,
1: that's what we're here for. Yeah, man. It's good. It's awesome,
2: man.
0: No, I I love that. And I think if more leaders quote unquote leaders, you know, self became leaders would, would take on that servant element, you know, that that's the first and a servant leader, the first part is servant, right. Being good at serving, mm-hmm. uh, adding value to others. It, you know, it, it's, it's always been a firm belief and it's always, it, 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 put my, my military career on a, on a trajectory that, that I could have never accomplished on my own, but it was, it's always this idea that, Hey man, serve your sailors and, and your command will absolutely succeed. Like it, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. Like you, you take care of them. And cause they're smarter than you anyways, right? We're officers, like they're smarter <laughs> than we are anyways. So, so it's just, but that, but it's never failed. And if, sometimes you get lost and I've gotten lost in this self-serving, you know, times. And and I'll tell you that the, the remedy to selfishness and the remedy to a lot of times depression and all these things can be just to serve others. And so I love that, man, mm-hmm. that is a awesome lesson. And obviously you, you embody that to the extreme taking the blind up uh mount everest which uh just doing that by yourself would uh w- is a significant undertaking so it's pretty rad man appreciate your mission appreciate you the book go get it read it uh, i think the lessons in leadership the lessons in service are are critical and and dude this has been awesome man it's been very very informative. i did not know that we were going to go in the direction of mushrooms and uh but but yeah. i'll tell you i think i think that's other part of it right you don't know yeah, what you don't taking know. Taking care and-
2: of you taking care of yourself and then being willing to explore and 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 being open and receptive to 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 health and growth and learning. And I think that, you know, once you stop doing those things, you become stagnant. And then that leads into this syndrome of what we're talking about, this sort of losing your edge and losing your commitment to to just being the best version of you. So always exploring, always looking around that corner, always looking for ways to be better. And, and I think that that's one of those modalities that, that uh, people should look at and explore
1: for sure. Man, it's been an awesome, awesome conversation. Um, where do people find out more about you and where do they get your book and uh, where do they learn more about your story? Um,
2: yeah, you can climb me through storms. You can get on my website. I, and I, yeah for sure you can um and that's jeff b evans jjb is what a lot of people call me jeff b evans and it's that's the website and i'm on social media too i don't do a whole lot on there anymore but it's cool to you know i was on the rogan podcast and after i did Rogan, uh a lot of a lot of people were interested in like you know hearing little things like this and so um i think that's when i started to be like all right i need to I need to post some shit every once in a
1: while. <laughs> yeah, we need to get better about that as well. It's a it's a necessary evil, but uh, well, cool, man. Well, dude, we we really appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we need to. Uh, we're in Colorado together, so we need to meet up and and go do some cool stuff in the mountains. Dude, yeah. I live in like, yeah,
0: like I'm that. like right down from uh, Red Rock, so we're probably like ten miles away from each other.
2: Yeah, yeah, we live as the crow flies we're twelve miles from Red Rocks at our house. So yeah, we're awesome. neighbors. What's up, Dave? What's up,
1: man? <laughs> Guys and gals, yeah. hey, check out uh, Jeff. Uh, we'll put uh, his website in the show notes. Uh, go read a book. Um, check out his socials. And um, yeah, hey, share this. If if this is something that was meaningful to you, share this podcast episode. Share uh, Jeff's book and website. And um, go fill the storehouse.
0: Yeah, hey, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you, buddy. It was awesome. Yeah, my Friends, pleasure. make keep, it a great day. Keep fighting
2: a good fight. Thank y'all.
0: See you. Ya. Dude, today's episode reminded me the importance of getting outside, being intentional, mindset growth, spending time with other men, other people that make you better. Today's episode
1: captured all that for me. I really want to go climb a mountain right now. I'm not going to lie, right now. Yeah. So, hey, this is this is the stuff that we're intentionally seeking out, right? The Storehouse Mastermind. Uh, we went on our first retreat in, in September uh, in Colorado. Climbing mountains, jumping into freezing cold lakes, uh, community, fellowship, breaking bread, like all that stuff. It's so uh, amazing. And we need it in our lives right now more than ever. uh, Storehouse310.com backslash mastermind. We're opening up the next house in November, November 1st. House 2 is opening. Be a part of it. Like, let's get better together. Let's be better dads, husbands, leaders, friends. Let's go do it.
0: Thanks for listening to Filling the Storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll apply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go fill your storehouse
2: and make it a great day.